Well, happy Father's Day. So glad that you're all with us today. Hey, before um, we jump into the rest of the service, one thing I would just want to say is an announcement. We're going to have the giveaway at the very end of service, so stay through that worship song, the last worship song with us, because we have three wonderful prizes to give away, and you don't want to miss it, men. If you haven't signed up for that raffle, you can go out at this time and go ahead and sign up for it, because I don't think you want to miss out on the gifts. Well, today is obviously Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, everybody. Are you thankful for our fathers? Um, you know, today we'll be t- actually teaching, I'll be teaching on the character Joseph, Jesus' father, earthly father. Obviously, he wasn't father by blood, but, but I'll be teaching on him. And I, Pastor Nathan, I told him the idea I had, and I actually wanted to go with a different idea. And he said, no, that's a great idea. You should do that. So he had to convince me to uh, teach on this uh, subject on this character study, and I'm so glad that he did because as I studied more and more, I got more and more excited, and it's because talking about Joseph touches the subject that I think is so important in the Christian journey. I think that if every Christian understood these principles and understood these things, we would turn the world upside down, and that subject is hearing the voice of God. And so Joseph heard the voice of God. He had, he had dreams that the Lord spoke to him through. And so we're going to look at that. So I just want to encourage everybody today, take some notes. And I'm not going to say that often. I think I'm so excited about this subject. This is going to help you. So get your phones out, get notes out, take, take some notes. I encourage you today. And on top of that, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. So I'm going to share experiences today of things that God has done and how he's talked to me, how the Holy Spirit has spoken to me before. And I'm going to mention in the service different tips to hear from the voice of God. That's not saying that that we put God in a box and we can control when God speaks or we can't control when he doesn't speak or how he speaks because he's El Shaddai. He's the Lord Almighty. And so let's not put a limit on the Most High. Amen, everybody? All right, so let's pray And we'll enter into the service and jump right into the Word. Father God, we're so thankful, Lord, for you. And Father, we're thankful for all of our fathers who are represented here today. Lord, we're thankful that you're the greatest father of all, that you love us, that you sent your only son for us. And Lord, I pray that that that, the cornerstone, that you, Lord Jesus, your Word would penetrate our hearts. Lord, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me as I preach. And I pray that it would be a blessing to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to jump right into Scripture. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to his son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from the dream, 
He did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to his son and she gave him the name Jesus. You know, I believe that Joseph, that he's one of the most overlooked characters in the Bible. I think it's easy to, to just go right past him. He, you know, he, he wasn't actually Jesus' father, but, but there's some great things that we can learn and glean from his life. The first thing we can learn from Joseph's life is that he was faithful to the Lord's ways. Matthew 19, Matthew chapter 1, verse 19 says, because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. See, Joseph, he was just. He was virtuous. And I'm sure I see it this way, that Joseph uh, actually had the right mindset because she shows up and she says, hey, I'm pregnant, or he sees she's pregnant, and she's like, yeah, it's the Holy Spirit. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you're with somebody. You weren't with me. That's never happened in human history. So you're saying that an angel showed up and said you're going to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Sure. So then what does he do? He decides, hey, I'm going to divorce her quietly. I'm not going to do it in public. And I believe that is because he, he didn't want her to die because they would have possibly stoned her if it was made public that she had done this thing. It was very frowned upon. And so he's really covering for her. And it says, as he considered this, that's when the angel of the Lord, the angel of the Lord uh, stepped in. But Matthew 9, verse 13, Jesus says this verse that I love. He's speaking to the Pharisees and Sadducees, and he says, But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And I think that's so true in Joseph's life was he desired mercy. And you know, God loves to use those who come close to him. The Bible says, come close to God and he'll come near to you. Come near to him, he'll come near to you. And so he loves to use his people. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19 says, Nevertheless, God's solid, solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and Everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away, that's repentance, turn away from wickedness. In a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some are for special purposes, some are for common use. But those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes. Who wants to be an instrument of special purposes? I do, don't you? How wonderful that is made holy and useful to the master, and prepared to do any good work. And then he says in verse 22, flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with all those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And you know, our intimacy with God is the highest priority for our lives. That's why he gave his son, so we could have eternal life. And what is eternal life? It's that we may know the Father. And so it determines also the impact of our lives, how intimate we are with God. And that's the first thing we can glean is that he was faithful to the Lord's ways. And I believe he even wanted to know God, and that's why he was faithful. And then, so that first one, he was faithful to the Lord's ways. The second thing we can glean from his life is that God spoke to him. Now, that's not saying he had any control over that, because he didn't, but 
God spoke to him. And that, that was really the difference in the change in his life was that the Lord spoke. And some interesting things about Joseph are is that Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, actually had more dreams than Joseph the dreamer in Genesis 47. So uh, Joseph in Genesis 47, Joseph the dreamer, he actually had two dreams that are listed. He interprets six dreams, but he only had two. Well, Joseph, the husband of Mary, he had four dreams. He had the dream saying, hey, you need to take, you need to marry, uh, you need to be married to Mary. You need to take Mary as your wife and name the son Jesus. And then he had the dream saying, you need to leave right now in the middle of the night. Wake up, leave, go to Egypt because Herod's trying to kill the baby. Number three, he was told to come back because Herod's dead. Number four, he's told not to go back to the same area, but to withdraw to Galilee. And so he has these four dreams. The Lord speaks to him. And I just think it's interesting that God speaks to him more. Something that's interesting on Father's Day is that Mary is told only what Jesus' name would be. But, and I think this is so true of that God cares who the head of the household is, is that Joseph is told what the name would be and what the name would mean. So fathers don't reject or push aside that you're the spiritual head of your home. Because Mary was actually the parent of Jesus. Joseph was a, the, an adoptive father of Jesus. It's important that you're in it. It's important that you pray and that you grow in the ways of the Lord. Amen, everybody? So then also, this is super interesting to me, but Joseph, we know a lot of things about what he did. And I didn't realize this until I started studying. And there is not a recorded word that Joseph speaks in the Bible. He doesn't speak one time. Even when they go to the temple, Mary's the one who speaks and says, your father and I have been worried about you. So who knows? It's more important that what God says than what we say. We don't have the recording of what the words that he's spoken. We just have the recording of the belief and action. And so it's just important to say that it's more important about what God says. And Jesus said, man shall not live upon bread alone, but Every word that comes or every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And that word proceeds isn't a one-time, only Old Testament, only New Testament. No, proceeds means consistently. And think about this. God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. He's not mute. He's not in heaven and his mouth is shut. He can't speak because he didn't have these awesome people. And they really weren't that awesome. They were sinners just like you and I. And so he speaks to us. God wants to speak to us. And there's some practical tips that I'm going to give you now for hearing the voice of God. But before I do that, I just want to give this caution that, once again, just to reiterate, we cannot control when God speaks or even how he speaks. I can't control that. He's God. I'm not. I don't want to put limits on the Most High. He spoke through a burning bush that didn't actually burn. He can do whatever he wants. Jesus said, out of these stones, I can make children of Abraham. That's impossible, but he can do it. So we don't want to put limits on God. And in these tips, it's not saying that you have to follow this like a guideline and, and that, that God will only speak to you if you only do these 10 things. Not true, because God, who knows that God spoke to Cain before he killed Abel and after he killed Abel. 
In both times, the, before, the first time he spoke, there, he, God said, hey, sin's crouching at your door. And so God can speak to whoever he wants and whenever he wants. These are just some helpful tips. Amen, everybody? All right, so number one, and this is the most obvious of all and I think is, is the most important, uh, is read the Bible. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We want to be people of the Word. We want to be in His Word. And His Word is different than any other book because Hebrews chapter 4 says that it is alive and active. You know, because the Bible, we can read the Bible. Really, the Bible reads us. And a good practice for everybody in here, just to give a tip, is that when you read the Bible, ask and pray that the Holy Spirit reveal His his Word to you. Because we need His power. We need Him to show us and teach us and train us. That's the rhema Word of God. If you read a story over and over and over again, and then one day it just comes to life, that's rhema. That's, That's the living Word coming alive. So one, we read the Word of God. Number two, and this one's interesting, but treat others how you would like to be treated. You know what's interesting about the golden rule in Matthew 7 is Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. To the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And then he talks about how we're evil. And if, if we're evil and we give good gifts to our kids, how much greater gifts will, will God give us if we ask him? But then right after that, that's when the golden rule is listed. So in everything, treat, treat others how you would like to be treated because it's attached. The answer for prayer is attached to loving God and loving people. Because it sums up the law and the prophets. And to take it a step further, 1 Peter chapter 3 says that how we treat our wife, if we don't treat our wife in respect, it can actually hinder our prayers. See, that husbands, in the same ways, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs, their heirs of Christ, with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. It's important to God how we treat people. So we read the word of God. We treat others how we want to be treated. And sometimes that can be hard because who knows it? People can be hard. People can be difficult. They can be dumb, right? Just being real, people can be stupid. None of you are stupid. You're all smart. You're all wonderful. But we want to treat others with respect at minimum, at least, at least recognize people. That's the very minimum. Number three, we want to pray for God's kingdom to grow. You know, when, he, when Jesus gives the layout of the Lord's Prayer, he says, Father, he says, when you pray, you pray, Our Father who art in heaven, so there's the recognition. Hallowed be your name. So that's exalting his name, lifting him up. But then number three is, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we have to pray God's will because it doesn't happen here. But you know what's interesting is that is before we ask for anything. He's, later it says, give us our daily bread. That's after we first pray his agenda. And I believe that's true. I know my kids come into the room and, and if they just want to be with me. And, and you know, I have a son that he likes to punch me. That's, how, that's his love language. So... Uh, so they'll come in, punch me, uh, my, my daughters will hug me, they'll want to dance, they want me to swing them in the air. And you know, when they just want to be with me, my heart is touched. But when I have a kid come in, and they say, I want chocolate milk now. That doesn't touch my heart. When they come in and be with me, I'm like, what you want, girl? 
I got you. You want new shoes? Let's go get new shoes. What do you want? Just ask me. Just ask me. And I believe that's God's heart too, is he wants us to just ask him. And so we want to pray for his kingdom to grow, that his kids would come home, because that's what's close to his heart. And number four is come confidently. The Bible says let us come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need, that we might attain mercy and find grace, Hebrews 4. So we want to come confidently, and this next point is have expectation. This is different than confidence. Because I can walk into a room with confidence, but me come with expectation. Who knows that's different? And so the Bible says this in 1 John chapter 5. It says this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything in according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have from him. So when we pray, how we pray God's will is we don't pray, Lord, I pray that you would change that person or make this person do that or make this person do this. No, that's control. We pray the word of God. Lord, your word says that any who lack wisdom, that if they come to you, that you'll give it graciously. So I'm asking for wisdom today. And then believe it's that expectation that God would do it. And I believe that's because God is a God of faith. Everything in the Christian life depends on faith. Even everything in the physical depends on faith. We believe the sun will come up by faith. We sit down in these chairs by faith. We accept the Lord Jesus by faith. We're baptized in faith. And so expectation is important. And you know, there's a, there's a wonderful um, evangelist, and he says that those who expect nothing are never disappointed. So we want to be people of expectation. Amen, everybody? So let's be people of expectation. Number six is this. Do not demand that God be sensational when he speaks to you. Now think about this. Joseph, he was just living his life, and God just spoke to him. I don't think, I don't think Joseph was like, God, you have to speak to me in this way, and it has to come by a dream. And if, if Mary's really saying what she says, it has to be an angel, and it has to be this angel. Like, he didn't do that. And so we don't want to put limits on the Most High once again. We want to, to just believe and understand that he's for us. And however he wants to speak is good with me. I would rather not have an angel show up, to be honest with y'all. Because I don't really want to see an angel. I know they're around. There are angels amongst us. The Bible says that we entertain angels. And so, but I, I don't necessarily want to see one. I'm cool with that. Okay? Because I think that's a little scary. Someone who's been straight up before the throne in the presence of God with the sword. No thank you. Right? Anyways, I'm getting off. So we, wanna, we don't want to demand that God be sensational. Remember uh, Elisha, he said that uh, God didn't speak through the earthquake. He didn't speak through the wind. No, he spoke through the still, small voice. And so we just want to accept God as he is. I don't want, think about this, I don't want my friends to demand that I be a monkey to them, that, I, that I'm some sensational thing. I just want them to accept me as me. And it's the same for our relationship with our Father. We're friends of God. And so we want to not 
not put those limits on him. Number seven is we want to remove distractions. And this one's super important because Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and your needs. Those will be added unto you. So we seek first. So when you get in your prayer closet, when you get in a place of prayer, I encourage you, get a to-do list, write that puppy out, get that all squared away, and then enter into prayer. Because we want to seek first his kingdom. We want him to be number one priority. Amen, everybody? Number eight, this one is um, super important, is be neutral. And what I mean by that, Jesus, he said, Father, this is my will, but not your will, not my will, but yours be done. So he pushed his will to the side. And sometimes I think that we as Christians, we can think, God, I'm praying for this thing. I'm praying for this thing. I'm asking you to move. I'm asking you to move. And then like, we want it so bad that we think we hear God when it's us and it's our own will. So we want to be neutral and remove those emotions. So number nine, pray for God to speak to you. Remember the Bible says, we mentioned it, but ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Number ten, and and this is actually one in ten are the most important, but this is measure what you hear or what you think you hear from God by the word of God. It's the solid measurement. Remember Jesus said, Jesus is the cornerstone. He's the measurement. They would take that stone and it would be the stone for the foundation they would, that they would make. A building was the cornerstone. That's Jesus. Jesus said, the Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus is the word. The word was with God. The word was God. I want my measurement to be off him because I don't know about you, but I can miss it. Because my will can get in the way. My thoughts, my thinking get in the way. There are other voices that compete for my life. And so everything we hear, we think we hear, prophecy, all of it, we measure it against the cornerstone, which is the Word of God. I'm not mad at anybody, okay? Just to be clear, this is an important message for everybody. This is what we need. We need the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life. You know something that Bob Swarge says, he's a minister, He says that everything in the kingdom is predicated on hearing the word of God. Think about it. Everything. You go back to Genesis, it's all because of the word. Everything he spoke. Creation is from the word. He spoke the word. Let there be light and there was light. Everything. Everything. And it's important to understand that what changed Joseph's mind was the Word. Amen, everybody? And now there are several ways that we can hear God's voice. I'm going to talk about those, and I'm excited to bring them up. And so those those different things are this. Number one, and, and also to say this before I jump into it, excuse me, but I believe there, there are other ways that we can hear God. But these are just some of the ways that I think are more common than others. And so we'll go through these ten ways. Number one is the Word. Obviously, we just went through that. The Word is alive and active. Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the Word. We want to hear from Him first. Number two, the Holy Spirit, He's a reminder of things spoken in God's words. He'll remind us of things. The Bible says in John 14 that the Spirit of Truth will remind you, he's speaking to the disciples, but I believe it's for everybody, that 
the Holy Spirit will remind you of everything I've spoken. So he reminds us, and I know there's some times in my life where I've been, uh, I've been upset at somebody or hurt, and I'll have a, a thought of a scripture go through my head. Love your neighbors yourself. I'm like, I don't really like that right now. I want to punch my neighbor. I, don't, I won't actually do that. But, but, you know, he'll speak through us through reminding of the word. And it's important when you have that, that you, you heed it and you listen. Number three, God gives you a thought. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, says that we have the mind of Christ. What's the mind of Christ? It's life and peace. And so, so there are times where, uh, I'll give this example in my own life, and this is just what I can do is give the examples that I know of. But I was getting ready. I was thinking about a friend who's going through some, some pain, and I just was like worried about this person for a couple days. And then the Lord spoke to me, don't worry about that person, they're going to be okay. And it was while I wasn't thinking about that person at all, right? And they're good. I'm like, great, they're good. I can move on. I had this peace. I'm like, good. I know that was the Lord because he just dropped the thought in my mind. I'm not even thinking about that individual. So I don't have to worry about them anymore. Praise God for that. And it was to give me peace. Number four is a prompting. Now that can be a check or a nudge. Remember Jesus, it says that he was led by the Spirit. Excuse me. It says he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. It doesn't say the Spirit told him, go into the wilderness. He was led. Those who are led by the, Spirit, by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. And sometimes it can just be like, this just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel good. I had a friend that was making a quote. He's a roofing company, and he was making a quote for the roofing company. And he just said, something just, it just feels off. I got this check in my spirit. But he went ahead and sent the quote. Well, it, was, it was lower like, by like two grand. But he had that check. And, and he said, man, it's just a good lesson for me to just listen to that check. And so we, we want the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We want a nudge of the Holy Spirit. Number five is the inner voice. So this is when God's it's inner witness, when God speaks to the spirit and soul, but he doesn't speak out loud audibly to the flesh. I think God can speak audibly out loud. I think he has before. But... But really, it's, it's that still small voice. When you hear and, and you're told things are going to be okay. I'll have a lot of times where I'll be praying and all of a sudden I'll have a, I'll have a thought just pop into my mind of everything's going to be okay. And that's usually the main one I hear. Everything's going to be okay because I don't need the details because I'll mess it all up. And I remember one time I was driving. I was frustrated. I was like 21, 22. I was driving to my job, which was an hour away doing installs of TVs and projector screens, projectors, audio video equipment. And the Lord just spoke to my heart and said, I'm going to make you into a leader. And, I, and it, just, it just seemed so right. And you know what? That has happened, and God is still doing that in my life. He's still growing my leadership. He's still helping me. He's building me, but I, I held on to that word. And it was so sweet. There's nothing sweeter than having the voice of the Holy Spirit speak to you. And it's good. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's for us. And, and you don't have to be a pastor to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be a minister of the gospel. You just have to be a believer 
Be crazy enough to believe that if God spoke to somebody else, he'll speak to me. That expectation we talked about earlier. Amen, everybody? So number six is this. It's a peace or a lack of peace, and I'll explain this. But the Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And what? The peace of God will guard your hearts and minds which are in Christ Jesus. It says, which transcends all understanding. And I've had that before. Josie and I bought this piece of property that we have, and we didn't have peace anywhere else we went to, but when we got on the property, we had peace. And that's not saying it's been easy because we're surrounded by mud. Okay, we've had 120 piles of dirt in our property at times. But, but we had peace. Is that, this is where we're supposed to raise our kids. And so we went to it. I have belly ached about the pain that we've had. I'm looking at my dad in the back. Because he's heard a lot of it. Um, you know, Dad, on this Father's Day, I thought about this. I knew I was going to cry. But you and Mom, I just want to thank you in the middle of this service because you cultivated this in my life. And you had an environment in our home where we could talk about hearing the voice of God, and you trained us, boys. And so I just want to, as your son, the best gift I can give you for Father's Day, Dad, is say, I thank you for allowing that in my life. And I know you may hate me later for saying that, but I just want to say thank you. Because, you know, I've talked with my parents about dreams that God has given. And that's, I think that's the next one is, well, before I jump into that, let me stay at peace. But I just want to say thank you for that and honor you and just say the training has been amazing under, under you as my parents. So thank you. Um, but, but talking about lack of peace. Uh, we were up in Monticello, Indiana, at Indiana Beach Campground. We would go there every year with my grandparents, and our whole family would go. And uh, we were in a camper, my brother and I. We were alone, and it's, it's like 6.30 at night. And I call Josie, who I'm dating, and say, I'm going to come see you. Well, I turn, I tell my brother, hey, I'm going to go see Josie. I want to see this girl. I really like her. So I open the door, and as I open the door, I have this feeling of dread just hit my body, hit my stomach. It's all over my shoulders, and it's just like I knew if I go, I'll probably die. There's something tragic coming up, and I turned around to my brother, and I said, this is what I felt. This is why I'm not going to go, and my brother said, that's so funny because I was about to stop you because I had the exact same feeling, a lack of peace. And that's an experience from my own life, just to help you. And all this isn't to say, hey, I'm an amazing pastor, I'm an amazing person. I don't have any control if God speaks to me or not. I want God to speak to you. So I'm giving you these instances of my life where God has spoken in different ways to be a blessing to you, and I pray that it is. So peace or a lack of peace. Number seven is dreams. So obviously, the Josephs, they had dreams. Jacob had a dream. Abraham had dreams, Pharaoh, 
Nebuchadnezzar, all, all those guys had dreams. And you know, the, the one thing that's common with every dream is that when they woke up, they were convinced that it was a dream from God. So if you have a dream and the Lord speaks to you, you'll wake up convinced that was from God. But remember, number 10, you go back and you measure what you heard against the word. If, if, if you hear something that you believe is from God and it's not in line with the word of God, it is negated. And so, I'll give you an example of a dream, and you tell me whether this is a dream from God or not. And it's a very simple dream. It was in 2020. I have this dream. I see, my, uh, I see a person at my bank, and I see them signing my name on a piece of paper. And they're committing fraud and stealing my money. And so, the next morning, I get up and I told Josie, I had this dream that someone had broken to our account. Well, ended up, I looked up our account, and someone had. And you know what they did was they actually made an Amazon account, and then they paid for that with my debit card. And then they were starting to make other purchases, and I was going to lose a bunch of money from it. And that was just God protecting me, amen? And it was, the ne- it was that night, and then that morning I checked. It happened during the evening. Someone had signed my name and made, made a fake Amazon account that wasn't mine. The protection of God. He loves us and he's for us. Number seven is visions. Paul had visions. Ananias had a vision to go to Paul and pray for Paul. Peter had visions. The apostle John, he had visions of, of revelation. In this one time, I was praying for somebody and they tell me the situation. They say, uh, I'm a teacher. This little girl came to us. She was sexually abused by her stepdad. And they have pulled her out of school. They've taken her away from that family. But I'm so worried. My heart is so burdened for this little girl. And I just started praying for her and her husband who were there. And... <laughs> I had this vision, once again, this isn't to say I'm awesome because I'm not awesome. But I had this vision while I'm looking at them and praying of the little girl. She's in a bed, and she's tucked in the bed, and she had a certain hair color. And then at the head of her bed was an angel with a shiny helmet on its head. And I thought, I am not mentioning this. (laughs) Absolutely not. This person is going to think I'm crazy. I'm not, they're just going to think I made it up, and I kept seeing it. I just kept seeing it, kept seeing it, and finally I said, hey, look, uh, this is what I see, and you know what? Waterfalls. She just, tears running down her face, and she said, I was told, the Lord told me there was an angel by her bed, and you know, the hair color was right. Isn't that amazing? Now, God didn't do that to just speak to me. He did that to bless somebody else, and he just distributed the gift as he willed. So you have that, you have visions that happen. And that, it's rare for me to have visions. Number nine is prophecy or encouragement. And uh, that, that minister I mentioned before who's an evangelist who has prayed for people, he came up to this lady uh, who was there and, and he walked up to her and, and what he didn't know was that a week prior their daughter had died. 
And all he said, he just walked up to her and he said, no more disappointments. And she just broke down and cried. And they said, you know, we prayed before we came that God would speak to us some way about everything going to be okay. If not, we were going to leave the church. And then he told a story about how one day he was at this church. He prays for this pastor's son. And the son actually, uh, you know, he's a very uh, lively kid, but he prays for him. And he, said, he, just, he says at the end of the prayer, hey, I feel like I have a word for you. You're going to walk in more authority. And then he laughed and he said, just like the cowboy John Wayne. And then he, and then, you know, walked away. Well, after church was over, that pastor had him over to his house. He took that minister upstairs to the bedroom. He opened the door and in the son's room was a life-size cutout of John Wayne. And so God loves to touch his people and it will be something that touches your heart. But I also believe that God can use prophecy or he can give a knowing, maybe it's not prophecy, uh, to, for protection. I'll give you a scenario. My brother, my younger brother, took three of my kids to go get snow cones. And they're at, they're at the snow cone shack and this woman keeps coming to my middle daughter and talking to her and trying to get her attention. And my brother's like, this person's a pervert. Like he just, he's just, he's like, I just knew it. And he said, the lady said to my daughter, said, I bet you can't guess my name. Well, guess what my brother did? My brother stood up and said, your name is Jasmine. She says, whoa, well, I bet you can't, he, she said to the little kid, well, I bet you can't guess what month I'm born in. And my brother said, you're born in October. Freaked her out. She, she went away, scared her. She's like, how'd you know? The Holy Spirit told me. She was gone. It was for protection. That was, it was just, just for a covering over those little kids. And the Lord loves to do that. So you have visions, prophecies. And then before I show this last one, this is the one that is most controversial in the church. But, and I prayed about it. I was like, God, should I put this, should I even show this? And he said, what, what does my word say? And that's what I felt like the Lord said in my heart. And uh, so the last one, number 10, is angels. Now, Jesus can also show up. There's stories of Jesus showing up at Mecca to, to those who, who are Muslim, and they end up believing the truth because Jesus appears to them and says, leave and go follow me. But angels, Joseph had angels show up. Mary had angels show up. And, uh, you know, all these people, Paul had an angel show up. Peter was actually let out of jail by an angel. But what I would say is this, is I would say that angels, it seems like to me that they show up in extreme times. Extreme times of danger or in extreme times where it's going to impact the message of the gospel. And so I've never had an angel show up. Remember, I don't want, I don't want to see an angel. I'm cool with that. They can be around me. I don't want to see that. Okay? But, but it does happen, and who knows? We may be persecuted as American Christians, and so we may have visitations from angels. It may happen from time to time. But one of the things that my father taught me growing up, which is in Scripture, is that if an angel ever does show up, you give them this question, which is, uh, which is did Jesus come in the flesh? Because they can't admit it. If they're not of the Spirit of God, they can't admit it, right? And so you give that test, and even knowing if a scripture, if a it's scripture, if an angel gives uh, some testimony that is different than the gospel, you negate it. The Bible says. And so, and to take this even a step further, 
Muhammad, the false prophet, he's not the real prophet, he's false prophet. In, in the book of the Quran, Allah never talks to him. What talks to him and gives him the message of the Quran is an angel. And the Bible says that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. So what happened, I believe, is a demonic spirit came and manifested itself to him. And then so you have this doctrine of demons that have happened and have caused so much pain around the world. And it's a doctrine of demons and it upsets me. We were praying for this one kid who needed deliverance from devils. And I know for some of you that might freak you out, but Jesus delivered people from devils all the time. And we're praying for this kid, and, and he ends up being, uh, like, he has like a release. And what, what happened was this boy was interested in this girl to a point of extreme infatuation. And so this boy tells us he had that. And he had this angel come down in his bedroom and say, if you baptize yourself, I'll give that girl to you all, control her, and make her have a relationship with you. So he baptized himself, and the angel said, that's not enough. You have to do it three more times. And then he did it, and then that angel, that demon, entered him. So I'm always leery of an angel showing up. When people tell me I had an angel show up, I'm like, cool. Hopefully that really was an angel because Satan masquerades himself as an angel of light. And honestly, the first nine I would rather have because they're way more intimate. I want intimacy with the Holy Spirit. And this is all just to help you that God wants to speak to you and there's different ways he speaks. And as you take God and you trust him, then he'll lead you and you'll understand more and more that it is his voice. And, and two Two passages for you to test what you think you hear is the word of God on is, one, you have uh, 1 Corinthians 13, you have love. Love is patient, love is kind, love is this, love is that, love is all those different things. They're said at weddings. And then the other thing is Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says, think about what is pure, what is true, what is holy, what is just, what is admirable in that verse 8. So we test what we hear, we think we hear against those. Just to help you, okay? If it doesn't line up with the, with the fruit of the Spirit, I would, I would seriously consider it's not God. Maybe it was pizza you ate the night before. I actually think pizza actually helps us hear from God. That's my excuse. Come on, Kenny. I like you. No pineapple. So... What we learned from the life of Joseph is that, one, he was faithful to the Lord's ways. We learned that he heard God's voice, but the most important of all is that Joseph, he obeyed God. He obeyed. Matthew chapter 1, verse 24 says, Joseph woke up, and he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary home to be his wife, and he did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to the son. And he gave him the name Jesus. He always followed. Every time he had a dream in the middle of the night, hey, get up. Herod's going to come kill you. He didn't bellyache. He just got up. Hey, we're leaving. We're going to Egypt. He led his family. And think about this. The Bible says that in James chapter 1, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Who knows that can be hard? We want to do what the word says. We want to, the Bible says we die we die to ourselves, we take up our cross and follow him. Worship team, you can come on up. So we want to follow him. We want to, we want to listen after his ways. Anyone who listens to the word of God must do what it says. 
and does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently at the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it will not forget what they have heard and keep doing it. And they will be blessed in what they do. You know, we look into his law and his word, it gives freedom. And you know, we're thankful for the holiday tomorrow, June 19th, uh, Juneteenth, we're thankful that our brothers and sisters are freed. Amen? And we're thankful for that. We're thankful that they got the word that they're free. And that, you know, there's a greater freedom, though. There's a freedom in Christ Jesus. Amen? And what I want you to see about the life of Joseph is that he obeyed, but what God used to protect freedom was he used a man in the act of obedience. It takes obedience. If we're going to free people, if we're going to free them from the confusion, if we're going to free them from the the idolatry, if we're going to free them from all that's going on rampant in our culture, it starts with us being people who obey the Lord. You might get that nudge, hey, go talk to that person. I don't really want to go talk to that person. Tell them about me. And we want to be people who hear God's voice, but we want to be people who obey. Amen, everybody? Hearing and ever listening is what we want to be. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us, share with a friend, and hit subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you stream your podcasts. Our mission is simple. Come to life, connect to grow, find your purpose, make a difference. Thanks for listening to the Life Church Podcast.